Alan Brent. Anagram Antiques. Hi, this is Bevan Butchers. Brent Thomas Coaches. Cafe Penuel. Gosha Cafe. Carl's Dart. Copper Kettle Cafe, Pontefree's Market. Corto Coffee. La Delta Sleep. Sweet Memories. Interbooks. KMG Poetryers. And have Luby Lou's. Linda's Picture Framing. Marge's Cards and Blowns. Hula Baloo. Market Bats. Melancholy. Music 33. Nuts About Nets. Phone Doctor. Nigel from the Picture Framing Company. Pontypreeth Angling Supplies. Sugar and Spice. The Thai Cafe. The Bike Store. The Market Garden. The Veggie Hut. The Watch Stop. The Welsh Cake Shop. Nigel from the Toolbox. Unit 74. Voices from the Market. Market was founded in 1877. It is a family from family. We're all like one big family. Everybody will help each other. It is a, a nice community. It's changed so much over the years, but it still retains that sort of community feeling. So many stories I'm told In this building so old Hi there, listeners. And welcome to the Voices from the Market. Welcome in from the cold. There's a quaint little place called Party Brief Market. I'm Andre, your host, and I extend my gratitude to Terry and the remarkable team at GTFM for allowing me to put this program together. Also, a very special thanks to my employers, Arwen Cultural Trust, for giving me the opportunity to do this project. It's been a wild ride. I'm joined by the exceptionally talented singer-songwriter, Jamie Summers. He's also known as the Honest Poet. Both of us have had the privilege of immersing ourselves in the market's atmosphere for an extensive period, nearly three months, just before Christmas, right up to now. Today, we bring you a collection of stories that have resonated profoundly with us. The reception from the market family has been nothing short of heartwarming. The narratives we've encountered are a testament to the authenticity and resilience of the human spirit. In addition to exploration, Jamie has taken on the role of our artist in residence, crafting two evocative songs and a spoken word piece that perfectly encapsulates the essence of our shared experiences. So, I invite you, the listener, to find a quiet space, perhaps with a warm cuppa, as we embark on this auditory exploration. The stories we share may evoke a spectrum of emotions. You can laugh, you'll be inspired, and you might even shed a tear. There's even a ghost story in there. This is The Voices from the Market.
First up, let's hear from Nigel and Keith. Nigel is the owner of the market. He inherited the market from his father and his father inherited it from his granddad. Keith actually worked for the family from a very young age and he's the market manager. We're going to hear from Nigel and Keith throughout the program. It is a family from family. So a lot of people, if they're, especially if they, you know, if they have a quiet domestic life, they tend to want to work here. They tend to want to stay here, you know, especially mm-hmm. if they've been here a long time. It gives them a sense of belonging, I think, that yeah. some of them wouldn't otherwise have. Many of their closest friends are actually work colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the reasons why a lot of them don't want to give it up. And going back to the market, they the stockholders uh, within the market itself, because they're all running their own small business, on whatever day-to-day basis things may change, they all experience the same. My family became involved with the market, was just after the um, Second World War. The market was founded in 1877. Mm. It was founded with 150 shareholders. They were the original founding fathers of the market. Yeah. Uh, and they were basically uh, local entrepreneurs, business people, dignitaries from the Pontypridd area. They already had a, a, an informal market that used to be here one or two days a week. Um, but they wanted to consolidate that and actually build a marketplace for them, yeah. not just an open field where they, you know, drovers used to bring their sheep. The market is literally full of history. Let's go to Karen. Now, she runs a stall called Nuts About Nets, but she calls it the Market Community Centre. Find out why. Karen, how long have you been in the market? I've been on the market about 30 years. I used to do the Welsh kicks at the top. Yeah. I bought this about 10 years ago. So what is this stall? Nuts About Nets and Market Textiles. That's mine over there as well. I'll just nice. that out. Yeah, I noticed that. Didn't buy anything. I need to learn how to sell. My husband, he wants, he's dreams of being a cabinet maker. But I said, how many would you do a year, Mike? But one. I said, we're not going to live on that, are we? When you retire, I said, before I put you in your box, then you can build the cabinet if you want to. <laughs> Up the shed, out the back, out the way. But then my mother passed away and my friend Rachel was selling this. And I thought, let's go for it. Didn't tell the husband. I went home and said, oh, I just bought a business. But it helped him as well, see? Because he started here as well, going out to people's houses, fitting nets and curtains from, because a lot of people can't do it. Well, I wouldn't leave the market, put it that way. You wouldn't leave the market? No, I couldn't go out in the real world. No? Once you're in, yeah, you're in, yeah. I won't believe a word she says. No. Who is he? That's the only up on top. <laughs> anyway. I know. It's one of my friends. I know, I can tell, I can yeah. tell. They've been here too long. I get most of them in, you know, I mean, everybody comes down as a community centre, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> community. They all come in. They all come in, especially his nephew as well. He works on Saturday. Go on. He'd be in here. Got a can of coke. He says, I'm there doing work or whatever. So they're trying to serve customers. I got a bag of sweets under here. That's for the kids. One of them's 29, married. That's Chicken Kevin's boy up the top. They just come in here and sit down and just find me. <laughs> they want a break from somewhere. I seem to adopt these people. <laughs> There's so many different characters in the market. One of them is sadly retiring very soon. He's going to be greatly missed. His name is Dave. And Dave has got an amazing story. And he can tell us about resilience. Have a listen to this. My mother sent me the, the first school dedicated to handicapped people or disability people. And their regime was all about building your strength, 
and getting you as fit and as strong as you could. Therefore, the education suffered a bit, to say the least. So I went to three schools. The first one was in Kent. The second one was in Bournemouth. The last one, they opened a new school in Penarth. So that was my last school. But when I finished school at 15, because um, it was like a closed community and everything was done for you, to go out into the wide world was a bit of a shock. To find you had to do everything and find out everything. Uh, my education wasn't good enough, so I did some evening classes to get some sort of education. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, I'm just the same as anybody else. Angie over there, she looks after me like I'm a second mother. Brilliant IT person. It is It is a, a nice community. We're all a family, if you like, you know. We met some amazing people, but this next couple just takes the biscuit. There's a synchronicity that happened that day that none of us foresaw. Do you want to mention your name so that you're in the song like that, or do you just want your stories in the song? I tell you what, his name is a mouthful, because he's Greek, he was born in Athens, so he lived the first seven years in Greece. His mother and father both Greek, and his name is Apostolos Minas. Apostolos Minas. Athens. Yeah, I Athens. Now, a producer that I work with, his name is James Minas. Oh, yeah. He's our nephew. No way. No. Yes, James Minas is our nephew. Yes. What a connection. I'm from the Ronda. I grew up in Porth. But we used to have regular trips to Pontypridd just to come to the market because in those days the market was absolutely packed. You really couldn't walk. You had to walk the way of the crowd because you couldn't walk against it. There was no way. way. (laughs) It was one way. As a child, he used to come into the market, especially when it was closing and they were putting the sheets over the fruit and he used to put his hand in the <laughs> pinching apple and put his hand in and pinching orange. Now, are you a Marvel or a DC fan? Started 1997, uh, originally as a small unit around the corner there. Okay, Tiny little unit, on, which is now a donut stall, I think. And uh, then I moved into a start as a comic shop and collectibles. But we've always had some records here. And uh, I've expanded the records since the, the record shop outside closed. Some of the stalls in the market are family businesses. Here's one, Marge's Cards. I'm Denise. I'm the owner of Marge's Cards. Marge is my mother who originally started this business off 60 years ago. But he wasn't doing cards at the time. She started doing baby clothes, hand-knitted baby clothes. Um progressed into toys, made her own toys. Then she went into household goods. My father also had one opposite and he done tools and then went into fishing tackle. But then because of the weight of all that sort of stuff, he was getting a bit too much for my parents. Mm. So they went into cards and then cards just blossomed. Marge's cards was known everywhere, basically. And because... Say Marge is my mother, she's now 85 and she still comes down here a few days a week. Market was founded in 1877. It is a family from family. We 
we're all like one big family. Everybody will help each other. It is a, a nice community. It's changed so much over the years, but it still retains that sort of community feeling. I'm Marge Morgan. I started here when I was 18 with my husband, and we sold tools originally until the miners' strike came, and then that decimated the business because our trade was mainly with the miners, with the spanners and things like that. And um, we changed over then into greeting cards and um, keys. My husband used to make them, and then uh, my daughter and I were serving on, on the counter to sell them. He brought me in from being born, basically. Um, I was practically born down here, and I've grown up on this market. But they had to pack it in because my dad wasn't well, he had Alzheimer's, and Mum wasn't well at the time. Yeah. So they sold the business. Well, I retired in 99 because um, I went into a replacement hipster. I had been you know, 42 years then, and um, I sold it to Philip, who took over the stall. And then just over 18 months ago, my daughter went and bought it back. 18 months ago, I'd come down here with my late husband, only for a walk around. And every stall older that I knew kept saying to me, our oh, mum's stall's up for sale, why don't you take it back? And I kept saying, no, i got enough to do with Aberdeen, I don't want to take on another one. And we went for a meal in Alfred's, my husband convinced me, oh, what would mum say, you know, if we went home and said we'd taken the stall back? I keep telling them, well, you know, I am 85, I'm ready, you know, I am retired, but um, nobody seems to have noticed yet. And it's lovely because I've seen different generations and there's so many friends down here. We're all like one big family. But I haven't regretted it one bit. Every community has got someone that really brings people together and organises things. There's a lady called Gaynor and she has a stall called Sugar and Spice, a really, really amazing toy store. Let's hear from her. We had an event uh, based on a Cluedo, a Cluedo game. Um, so we had all the market traders dressed up as like um, Professor Plum and Mascala, that kind of thing. But we did a bit of a take on it. So we actually called it the Phantom Fluffer. <laughs> so we didn't want anything too murderous for children, just in case they got a bit scared. So we had a bit of fun with it. And then we... Uh, they had to go around the market then and question a lot of the traders and see where they were and see where the fluffer had been done because he was causing chaos in the market, <laughs> fluffing everywhere. <laughs> it's always a bit of fun. Now we have a Halloween. Well, always it's gone Halloween, I know. Yeah. But the story is our pumpkins here don't want to go to the compost heap. Um, so they've made a bit of a mistake for it and a run for it, rolled around the market, causes some absolute mayhem. So you've got to find them and they're going to do some trick-or-treats and then they'll get a treat and a prize at the end. So that's going to be a bit of fun on Thursday. How do you come up with all these ideas? I think it's um, a base of everybody. We all like to chip in. So it's just not me. It's everybody, you know, and things. I might come up with an original idea, but everyone chips in and go with the flow and it changes, you know. Oh, my son helps me quite a bit. Um, can't just sell stuff anymore. You've got to put a bit of more effort in. Um, so you've got to find something to get people to come to the market. So that's what you know we try to do. Um, and we're trying to make more of an experience. Like, for instance, I don't know if you've noticed, we've got that mural there. It's lovely. It was born of the idea. We wanted to decorate the place. Yeah. 
Um, so I spoke to Nigel and... Uh, Gaina is and so creative and it's really amazing and inspirational to see how she can pull people together and come up with all these ideas. I know she gives credit where credit is due and says that it's a team effort, but it always takes someone to pull people together. Keith, the manager for the market, has got an amazing story about a graveyard that used to be right outside the market. And then straight after Keith, we're going to hear a ghost story. Who knows, the two might be linked. Pennywell Chapel there at the rear of it, there was a graveyard um, which they exhumed. There was a dry stone wall um, around the actual graveyard which is done many places here in the area that we're in. Uh, they put some small petitions up to us, but they actually dug it up uh, after it gone dark, so it was done in the night, and then they would stop before it got light the following morning. But when we would come here on a Tuesday, night ready for putting the stalls out for the market on the Wednesday, they would be working there then, and that's when we would see them, that they'd have their arc lights, and the earth itself and so on, it's all ploughed over, it was done more by hand then rather than any big machine mm-hmm. and and that probably would have been the early 60s uh, i think it was round about then that that was done my name is teresa and i own the welsh cake shop in front of Lindle market when we're busy around busy times we sometimes do a night shift um i was here on two occasions i've been here on my own and it's only ever happened when I've been on my own. Um, but one evening I was working on my own, it must have been about one o'clock in the morning, had the radio on, turned the radio up for a song that I liked. It was Roy Orbison's You Got It. So I turned the radio up and I was just getting on with my work. And then the song finished and I turned the radio down. And when I did so, there was whistling at the top of the market. And it's pitch black apart from the lights inside my store. So outside it's, it's quite dark. But the... There was whistling, and he was whistling the song that had just been on the radio. And it was, it was unreal. I, I, would, I even walked out and was sort of like looking at the market because it, it was really dark. But I'm convinced that there was a whistling. The market is not just a place you can buy things, where you can purchase things. It's also a place of culture. There's a piano in the market. And literally, customers that are having a cup of coffee sit down and play the piano. Those that do, do an amazing job. of the drug and he comes in quite regular on his break, buys a milky coffee which goes cold and just plays the piano. We had a man, a boy, that boy, that young boy. He was old, 15. And he's taught himself off YouTube. Brilliant. He was in with his mum. 
and he's trying to build confidence and his mum will stand there. And he's even his hood him. up like, so, and, and he doesn't talk to no one and he just plays and he's so good. He was brilliant. He's that so lady good. used to come in and play Christmas songs. Yeah, elderly yeah, lady there. Yeah. She well, was brilliant. Oh, what? Matthew off um, climbing trees. Have you heard of climbing trees? Matthew, he comes in and has a go. Uh-huh. So yeah. Quite him and his wife, well, now wife, they, they weren't married then. Him and Keisha used to come in for coffee and then he'd just have a tinker on there. And then on their wedding day then, they come in with the, they party him as a little go on there. A cocktail coffee just up the way there. We came in the day after our wedding. Um, with some we, much yeah. needed coffee We had a very you. casual <laughs> wedding, but yeah, I was in need of some coffee the next day. We got uh, married in, in Ponty Park, Park, actually. Um, it was during, during lockdown. And yeah, we came in here the next day for some refreshments and realised there was a piano there. He can't walk past the piano. <laughs> now, if you talk to a fisherman, there's always the story about the big one that got away. My name's Nicholas Wilkes, and it's Pontypridd Angling Supplies. So, in terms of the fishing tackle industry, I've been in it for 35 years or more. Uh, and of which my bag was selling to the wholesale trade. But uh, I met a very fantastic uh, Welsh lady, married her, and, um, and then moved to Wales and uh, the wholesale finished. And now I do three days a week now uh, on the market, which gets me out of the house because my other side of the business is online anyway. Um, so it gives me, uh, well, a bit of solitude, really, to be, uh, to be quite honest. So it isn't about the money. It's about coming out, meeting people and talking to people. They always say in terms of always the one that they want to catch. That is that is how it works. Okay. So it's always, especially the carp side of it, where they'll go to a fishery and there'll be a thirty-five pound of that. No one's caught. You know what I mean? So, but uh, that's what they're always striving for for the for the bigger fish. Now, next up, we have Steve from Anagram Antiques. Let's see if you can figure out what he's talking about. Sounds a bit strange to me. You don't only get it in the green, you get it in yellow, blue, amber glass, and glow as well. There's no other purpose apart from getting the colour into the glass. What was the reason for them stopping doing that? I think it was after the Second World War, and the Ministry of Defence, and not just this country, other countries, realised that the potters and glassmakers had all this radioactive material lying around. Just imagine some terrorist decided to break in and pinch a few bits and make a dirty bomb. Maybe on the island of Murano they use it occasionally now, but not obviously to the extent that they were. Sat down with Nigel, the owner of the market, and Keith, the manager of the market, and they told us some amazing things. They come from Monmouth, they would come from the Midlands, they would also come from London to actually sell their wares mm. in Pontypridd Market. Yeah, we, we used to have two, two brothers called the Cuba brothers from East London. And they used to come down in a Rolls Royce with all their coats in the boot. <laughs> and they used to take all the fur coats out of the boot and set them up on a market day, make a fortune and then bugger off back to East London. Now, it's one thing talking about the past and the history of the market, which is brilliant. So rich and so varied. But there's a future and there's a now. And the community in Pontypridd is changing and growing and evolving. Councillor Dawn Wood introduced us to two lovely Nigerian ladies. Let's have a listen to what they talked about. Because I personally, as the councillor of the town, I really value you being here for the things that you bring, the positive things, the sense of community, 
And a lot of the stories here that you find in this market, because it's very old, are uh, stories to tell about things like family and community. And to me, you are absolutely positive about that. Really, really, I feel so warm to you because I'm like, come on, yeah, be a part of this. I don't really know what's going on and nobody has actually tried to say hi or something like that. So I tend to like, you know, started being reserved more and more. I started being reserved more and more. That was until I met this friend that we started up this group. Okay. So once we started up this group, she was the one that like, hey, these people are not like that. No. Maybe you've not met um, the kind of people you're supposed to meet, but this place is not like that. This is actually the friendliest place you could be in. Mm -hmm. And from there, she started getting us introduced to people. And that was how I started having friends. And I get to realize, okay, I think it's when you get to know them, they're not really what I thought they were. And that was how it balanced for me. And I ain't got no attitude, I just show gratitude for what my mom's been through. And I ain't saying it was easy. And now I'm more speaking freely. Is what I've got to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before COVID, we had uh, Howard from GTFM. I don't know if I mentioned this to you before. He came and did a couple of rock and roll shows, set up with his record player, and played his old hits outside. and that was that was wonderful. He'd come for like three hours and do a full show. I was passed away now, unfortunately. But he did. He yeah. He was the number one rock and roll aficionado. Um, and he was yeah. He was brilliant. He was Santa. He was rock and roll. He was big charity guy. Every everybody knew Howard absolutely. And certainly he was a character that, you know, came, came through the market and he'd come through Christmas in his Santa outfit. He would send me messages, uh, ring me up, leave me answerful messages. Angie, you need to come and do another rock and roll show. You know, blah, 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 I'll come as soon as I can. And then he'd say, see you soon, keep on rocking. And I think I still love that. Keep on rocking. Uh, that's a line. <laughs> that's a good one. Keep on rocking. Keep on rocking. See the stories that are coming yeah. out? Yeah. Once a breathe indoor market has got a lovely creative community as well. There's a lady called Linda. She's a fantastic artist and does amazing portraits of dogs, amongst many other things. She also does framing. Um, she's also done some stuff for the BBC. And what's this all called? It's Linda's Picture Framing. Do you paint yourself? I do. That's one of mine up by there. Oh, wow. That is a lot of detail there. And the texture as well. It's like the dog's hair is fluffy. Yes, learning different techniques. You're always learning something with, with art. You're always picking up ideas and tips from other artists, you know. I make all the frames myself. Yeah. Cut the glass, cut the mounts. I stretch the cross stitches and canvases. But before I started this, I used to make and design soft toys. Okay. And over the years, people say, your toys are beautiful, but they're too good to give to children. So I thought, why am I doing this? So that's when I started doing the art work. Have you got any of your toys here? No, I've got a photo album of what I used to make. Mm -hmm. Wow, that is good. They are right. It's very, very realistic. Yeah, I used to fetch photographs in and I'd make a replica of their pet. It's amazing. I had to make a dead dog for the BBC in the series, the dog gets shot, but they wanted to sort of, they could get so the dog to lie down and play dead, yeah. but they wanted to sort of put it into a sack to be able to be buried. Right, yeah. So it had to weigh one and a half house bricks, <laughs> and it had to be jointed like as if it moved. So my friend took it to the BBC, and she walked in carrying the dog. The women in reception screaming their heads off because oh, they no. thought it'd been knocked down outside. 
thank you for tuning in to the Voices from the Market. I trust you enjoyed hearing all the lovely stories and meeting the fantastic characters and also the music that Jamie made. Angie from Hullabaloo shared with us the beautiful memories of Howard, the DJ, an all-around wonderful soul who sadly is no longer with us. To conclude this special program, we'll immerse ourselves in a song directly inspired by something Howard used to say. A massive thank you extends to the entire Pontypridd market family, too many of you to name individually. Gratitude to Arwen Cultural Trust, the Market Quarter, GTFM, and of course, our generous funders who made this project a reality. The UK government through the UK Shared Prosperity Fund in collaboration with Rhonda Cannon's Half County Borough Council and of course, Arwen Cultural Trust. As we bid you farewell, let's continue supporting our beloved market. Call in, stay engaged, and in the spirit of Howard, remember to keep on rocking. Legends have been and gone No, they're not forgotten Like Howard playing songs all day long Here's a place where you belong It don't matter where you're from Conversate in every shop Just take your time And keep rocking on Keep rocking on, yeah, yeah, yeah. And keep rocking on, ooh, keep rocking on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Visit the blind man for your joy, sweet and spice to play with toys, or a game of chess if that's for you. Check and make your move. If quirky dresses are for you, swing by hula baloo. Bring a treat or two for Rosie to chew. And keep rocking on, yeah. Keep rocking on, ooh. Keep rocking on, Keep walking on